welcome to Season 2 of Elevate with V, a nurturing and collaborative community with the mission of empowering you to overcome challenges and to live your most extraordinary life. I'm your host, V, and through my own healing and transformational journey, I've encountered a wide variety of healers who have all in their own way shared one universal message that every storm has a silver lining. Join me in each episode as I engage in meaningful conversations to empower us to transform our darkness into purposeful light. On this podcast, we elevate. So let us journey together and be lifted up to our greatest potential. Welcome, everyone, to Elevate with V. I'm so excited to be here with you. This podcast was inspired by my own healing journey. I aspire to share amazing, inspiring souls to help us each elevate on our journey so we can keep aligning with our soul's calling and gifts. I can't wait to introduce my guest today, Elsa. I had the pleasure of connecting with her through the Soulogy Network. It's been a joy to get to learn about her journey, her beautiful family, their daily experiences, messages, and happenings, especially the paranormal. We had a delightful conversation a few weeks ago. We were busy decoding ham sandwiches and juice cleanses, but Elsa are going to keep that conversation between us, but she is an incredible decoder. There's something that is so powerful about the information that you bring forth, Elsa, and I'm so eager to learn more and for my audience to learn more about you and your family. I'm so excited to jump in and learn more about all of the good stuff. Um, also want to have your official bio, which is family of 10 experiencers living on a farm in Byron Bay Hills, Australia. Elsa, mom of eight children with husband Richard Dillon, both Elsa and Richard, international fashion photographers and videographers, shooting celebrities, magazines, and advertising behind the scene professionals for over three decades. This is the Dillon's second incarnation here on Gaia. The family's oversouls all called in together again to incarnate in this realm, sharing their daily experiences, messages, and happenings within the paranormal. So welcome, Elsa. Hey, V. How are you? <laughs> I am so good. We've had a beautiful pre-chat, which was so fun. So I can't wait to kind of jump in. And as you know, Elsa, usually I jump into people's like healing journeys and stories, but we're going to do something a little different today. And we're going to kind of just jump right in. And I'm going to find out from you um, what your childhood was like. Were you pretty awake as a child or? Well, the, the family. Uh, so I felt like it was... Um, so my mother, my father, and my sister were all the last child in their family, and I was the only first child. So I always felt that from a very young age, and it, it kind of created a little bit of separation with myself and the family because um, I was responsible for, for it, my actions and how I was, so, and, I, and I loved it. I owned it. Uh, whereas, um, I could see from a very young age that they were not, they were in a different, uh, role, a different spin. So 
uh, I knew from uh, very early that I was different. <laughs> I, I didn't know what that meant, you know, because I'm a baby. But um, it, those, uh, you know, I, I also, as a child growing up through school, I could feel that feeling in a in a lot of the schooling years, and uh, uh, I, I I just thought maybe other people had the same thing. Maybe it was just how everybody felt. And then, because uh, you, a lot of these uh, uh, ways about ourselves, you have to grow into as well. And yeah, so I, but um, I had some really cool things happen from very young, like um, my grandmother who looks um, like Dolores Cannon, like literally looks like Dolores Cannon, sounds like her, behaves like her, sits like her. So, but I didn't know this until, you know, 2012. But uh, my grandmother, she taught me remote viewing. So she taught me remote viewing, but I didn't know it was called remote viewing. She just taught me this to uh, stop the nightmares. So she did this. I I must have been three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She said, uh, you'll be able to, you can foresight. But she didn't say it in these words because she's talking to a three-year-old at night to stop me crying, right? So she would say, uh, so I would practice this regularly but so i'm i've my grandma so my grandma trained me to remote you are you kidding but that's not what we called it and this is what we found so we've kept our life um especially when i really woke up uh with richard when i in 97 1997 uh so my um my world literally crumbled, not because of Richard, but all the uh, uh, deceit that we've been, you know, tricked with <laughs> in the world. That came apart really quickly, like in a three-month. Why does it have to happen so quick? <gasps> or you have that <laughs> the world, you know, where you, like you see it in movies, and the whole world starts crumbling in the movies. That's that was me in '97. But, you know, it was when I also met Richard, so I, it didn't worry me either because I was in so, so happy, you know, meeting Richard. Um, and I was happy to let all that go because I knew that if that went, something new would come. But through what I'm finding with other people who awaken or whatever, ascension or whatever, find their God, find their Christ, find their light, whatever you want to call it, uh, some people don't have that feeling where there's something new coming. They actually do think it's the end. And uh, I have great compassion for this because I too was at that spot. And um, it's a really tough spot to be at. And if I can't, it was a tough spot to be at even though I knew the new was coming. I can't imagine that feeling of the crumbling Without not not with not, I couldn't. I didn't have that experience. So I have um, much compassion for people who are going through what they're going through right now. But we've been doing this for so long for a reason, so that we could share this with audiences now to assist those in that situation. And it comes with um, great responsibility and. Uh, 
kindness, a few smiles to make you realize you're okay, you're not alone. And uh, I think it's it's shows like this that just, you know, one one word or one sentence might trigger them how my grandmother triggered me. It's that simple. And it doesn't have to be this big thing. It can be just a few words that someone says to you can spin this all around for you. And uh, this is, uh, they knew this time was coming. It's It's been written in the stars. It's been written in many cultures. So uh, people like B and myself and many others around the world have stepped up and said, okay, well, we're here for you guys. Yeah. It's it's a nice feeling. <laughs> makes every it makes all the crazy that we've had <laughs> make sense now. So all these experiences that we've had, you know, through childhood, through the children, uh, to now makes sense. <laughs> and that's that's our purpose here on on Gaia or this realm is to be sense. So uh, it just means sometimes you do look a little bit, your hair gets a bit messed up and, <laughs> yeah, you spin a little crazy sometimes. It's okay though, yeah. It's, um, we're in the, the phase of um, the, the halcyon phase, the, the kingfisher, the Pleiades, the, the great song lines, the solstice phase, and uh, this is a time for peace and calm. And if you're not in peace and calm, find someone like V. <laughs> find your V in someone. If it's not V, find it in someone else. You'll find it and and um, sit with their peace and calm with the whatever's going on. They're here to support. Not to help you, support you to help yourself. And there's a big difference. They're not going to do it for you. <laughs> They're just showing you that if they've done it, you can do it. And this is what we're doing as well. And we've been coming out on public. Uh, it'll be two years since our first video post in February, end of February, so March. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be on camera. I'm a fashion photographer, by the way. So being on camera is like way, it's not my role or <laughs> or maybe it was, uh, it's not my role. It wasn't my um, profession. So we've been guided here to this spot. <laughs> so I'm just, have I answered the question? Have I spun off course? Come on, <laughs> steer me back, V, steer me back. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, I love it because, you know, it's spin being, so it makes sense that we get to like spin in many different directions. So I love that. And I think what I loved, Elsa, about what you shared, even though I was, we were starting with like your childhood and then we got to your grandmother and, you know, how things are happening now and making sure that people get support. Um, you know, it's all connected. It's all relevant. It's all important. And, um, you know, you have gone through quite a set of adventures to get to where you're sitting today. And it's very interesting when you said that, you know, you've always been on the other side of the lens, right? Because you were the videographer, you're the one looking through the lens 
at others, always observing. But, you know, it's really beautiful, right? Because now you've come to the other side with full understanding of what it's like to be on the other side. So I love that little connection right there as well. Yeah, and I'm just laughing because everything we just spoke about in our pre-chat is just, uh, wow. It's very, uh, so what happens with all this is you go into a state of allowing. And when you're in the state of allowing, what happens is uh, it's very fast. It's very fast because it's yes, 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 yes. It's not, I don't know, maybe it's a coincidence. You know, I saw that happen. When you go into all that, that's just the old way, the crumbling world way, coming in and saying, oh, please don't go. (laughs) stay with us a bit longer. I know it's all falling apart, but um, please stay with us a bit longer. Uh, You can stand on this piece of the planet that's falling apart, (laughs) or this iceberg that's floating away, (laughs) Um, or this little boat. You can stay on there, but it'll get lonelier and lonelier until you realize that that is all crumbling and then come back to the true compass of you, and then you realize this... um, you're part of something bigger, something greater. Then this alone feeling turns into, oh my gosh, how many? Where where's this one coming from? Who's this? Who am I, who's tapping in? What country? What galaxy? <laughs> wherever? What what uh, era? And, you know, this is um. You don't have to even. What future? It's from everywhere, and uh, and this feels like home. This feels like home. It's a familiar feeling. You feel, you feel like you can take those deep breaths here. <laughs> Whereas over here, it's those far, short, fast breaths. And uh, this, uh, this speeding up process. So um, we find for us, the speeding up process um, slows the version of time down. So... Uh, the last time I saw you feels like a year ago. Yeah. Um, so if we're in um, an accident situation, like um, something that happens fast, we literally see it go in slow-mo. So, um, so the scenes off the Matrix where he dodges the bullets, that's how it looks to us. It's in slow-mo. It's the most... Um, it's happened so many times. We're used to it, so uh, we don't even like we've literally seen car accidents go in slow mo, in so high speed accidents too, like on hot freeways, and uh, it's um, gives you ease and grace, and like a feeling of protection, and you realize that the universe isn't out to get you. It's just a distraction so that you learn things along the way. That's why you're here. You need to learn things and share. Learn, share, learn, share. You can tap into this. Um, and sometimes you'll only tap into it for a little bit and then you get sucked back over here. That's okay too. That happens. Uh, but the more you tap into it, the more it becomes every minute of your day. It just, it just is. <laughs> You don't have to do anything to bring it on. And um, 
it's peaceful there. <laughs> you still have crazy in the peace though. <laughs> you know what I know you're laughing because you know. That's beautiful, Elsa. I love that so much. And you know what I love about what you're sharing and what you shared before is that so much of this is also about just awareness, right? That self-awareness. Um, because, you know, the world is moving on around us, but we know, we know inside of us when something feels right or doesn't feel right. And it's about us trusting, trusting and leaning into that because there are enough things outside of us that'll pull us in different directions. And not that that's bad. Like you said, sometimes we are going to get pulled into things. That's the nature of humanity, right? Like there's something that you're going to watch or you're going to see, and it's going to pull you off of your center. But that's what the work is, right? As we go along in our journey to pull ourselves back into center and to find those people uh, whether you're watching them, you're listening to them, they're your friend, they're someone that you're connected to that helps you come back to your center. Because a lot of us, and I don't know what your experience was else. I mean, I'm so grateful to hear that your grandmother was there who at your young age understood that you were going through something very traumatic. But even though you didn't have the languaging necessarily to express it, she understood. She knew um, either through her own experience or being able to tap into you. And sometimes that's what it is. We, it's about finding other people. Like we don't need to do this alone. We have, we have done so much alone. And I know that's part of the journey because we had to look inwards and find our own inner strength and guidance, but we definitely don't have to do it alone. And there's a lot of support and, you know, sometimes we can get confused because there's so much out there, but this is when you really have to lean into your own discernment, when you have to lean into what feels right, not what Elsa, like even what works for Elsa might not work for me. So I have to tune into like, oh, does this work for me? Does this make sense for me? And sometimes it's just the little things you, like you said, Elsa, right? It just could be one thing from this podcast that you hear. It could be like really important for you for where you are on your journey. You know, Elsa and I had a beautiful kind of warm-up conversation and there was so much that I got from that conversation. And um, it was just beautiful because I always say this and I borrowed this from someone I know, but we hold keys, codes, and frequencies for each other. And, you know, when we have these conversations or we connect with other people, there are certain things that you receive more light right? There's more information and you're like, oh, wow, that was missing a piece that I was able to fill in because of what Elsa said or because of what someone else said. So, you know, I think it's such a powerful thing and such an important thing. And, you know, as all of you that are tuning into my podcast, um, I don't usually have like set questions. I ask something and then I just go with the flow for, so we're just allowing, we're just going with this. Of course, I have like so many things I would want Elsa to share, but I love how this is just organically unfolding and we're sharing information that is going to connect with whoever tunes in. This, this happens a lot with V and so um, so V and I, when we speak, we go on to this time thing where um, so I'm going to get a 
message from Bea in a second. She'll go, you know, we've been on here for, <laughs> so I'm ready to be pulled up for time. So um, this is amazing because this thing of the key is, uh, this is, this is a big part of the alignments and the keys. So the fact that you keep saying that, um, really touches my home or my center. So thank you. Uh, so we're all keys. So, so you come in and you know what happened, uh, you know, maybe not the new era of generations, but you get to the door and you go, Oh my God, which key is it? <laughs> and if you've got a lot of keys, which is, you know, I, I, this is like metaphors, right? So, so if you have a lot of keys, you just, your eyeballs are like every day you get to this spot and you go and you look at all the keys and there's just so many and you, it's every day you can't find the same key. It's, it's, it's a great metaphor, right? So, so now you've got to pull out the key keys for you and, and start using them as your tools. And okay, you can't use all the keys in that same hole. It, you can only use one. So you've got to find it. So you've got to simplify it for yourself. So you find, how do I open this door quicker with the key? So you find ways to make these um, tools that you have where you are, where you are at in this part of your life, whether it feels comfortable or not, doesn't matter. The universe has no emotion. It doesn't. It's a frequency. The universe um, doesn't mind if you want to be sad and it doesn't mind if you want to be happy. It doesn't, it's, it's happy that you're just creating. So you can choose to be sad. Or you can go back to the keys and start finding the right key for you. And you'll only probably need a few in the beginning because there's only this door that keeps coming to you. And then, and then you'll start <laughs> seeing how many doors there are. And then it becomes ridiculous because then, <laughs> then you go, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to need some coding here, some system because it's just so many doors. But in the beginning stages, find the keys. And these keys are, like we said, these people that are there for your support. If that's not it, uh, maybe it's, um, you know, a, a Tai Chi or cooking or sewing or uh, reading or art, drawing or writing uh, or staring at the sun. Like that, this is what's interesting with this phase right now is it's so not the old world that it feels silly. That's what it is. It's so not the way we've been taught that it actually feels wrong. And when I met Richard, I had so many negative people in my life and he was so different, which I loved. He was so different. But a few stages in the beginning, I felt like he possibly was not right for me because he wasn't the same formula as I had grown up with. So then I actually had to let go of a lot of those ones 
or let them go on their path and me on mine. And then it took off. Boy, did it take off. But because I was not used to this feeling over here with, with, so I'm using my relationship with finding Richard and my, and him finding me, uh, f- coming back to the keys, like you said, find the keys, whatever that key might be. And, uh, and then go from there, not from over there. <laughs> it just doesn't work over there. It was never meant to work over there. It was just meant to be a distraction to give you a, a human experience to this point. And you can't get mad at over there. You can't blame anyone over there. It's just to this point now. And um, our brain wants to get in on it <laughs> or our ego. And you just have to say, okay, look, this is what I do with my my talking side in here, I say, look, can you just step aside for a bit and allow all the keys to come through? And then once we've collected the keys, the information, whatever we're supposed to collect, uh, we'll, we'll, sh- we'll share it with you. And then we'll be, we'll, we'll be able to work together on this. And uh, this is how it's worked in my head because a lot of people say you've got to get rid of the ego you've got to shut down the mind and I remember a lot of people would talk like this and I was like you can't you can't do that because you're abandoning a big part of yourself and you're not meant to abandon anything you're you're sort of more meant to collect it all it's not a yeah so again wow I love that so much. Yeah. Well, you said it because of the keys. This was beautiful metaphor. So thank you. I love the key. I vis- literally visualize someone going, pulling out the keys and going, Ugh. or, you know, they're going through their handbag. I, I know a lot of the younger generations won't get it because they got the buttons, but the key thing used to drive everyone nuts. And then sometimes you go in the handbag and you, you go, where did I leave them? <laughs> Where are they? I remember. So this, uh, so we've had um, a lot of money in our life and no money. A lot of money in our life, no money. So this was a phase where we had a lot of money, and uh, we had a beautiful Mercedes convertible, and um, I visualized it, and then it came, and uh, I used to call it the. It was like a diamond. I loved it. We called it the birdie car because you could make the roof go convertible and talk to the birds. So the kids would, we'd drop them to school in this car, which was, you know, funny or, and, um, they could, we'd go, are we going in the birdie car? Because you could see the birds. So it wasn't a convertible, it was a birdie car. Yeah, we're going in the birdie car and they're like, yeah, we can see the birds, <laughs> but literally talk to them, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're in the birdie car. And I dropped the kids at school. And so they're babies. We're, they're really young. <laughs> like, so in the birdie car, we have baby seats. So funny. So not the cool look. But anyway, so we're in the birdie car with the baby seats. And then I drop the kids at school and I, I go uh, baby clothes shopping in the local town. And I get out. And um, I'd always wear the babies. I had one baby I was wearing, and I think I had two with me and two at school, something like this. Um, lost count. And we're at the store, 
Anyway, Richard said, are you coming home? You need to come home now. Um, yeah, make sure that you're not buying too many baby clothes because you know that they don't wear half of them. And uh, anyway, I was like, okay. So I, I go to get in the car and I realize it's one of these new cars where you don't have a key. So I've driven off without the key. And the cars are left. Yeah. And because everything's automatic, I ring Richard and he goes, you've forgotten the key. I go, how did you know? He goes, I knew you forgot the key because I'm looking at it right now. I talked to you before and you still hadn't realized. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? He goes, because it's entertaining. I will come and get you. You're lucky I'm here and not in Sydney. I can come and get you. Okay. I know. I know you're my savior. <laughs> Thank you. But it's just funny. Even with technology, it has really turned our keys off for a reason. Why? It's taking us to our furthest point away from our senses to see if you can come back. There's great power in this. There's great, um, there's great power in this, in not in just me, in V, in the neighbor, in the shopkeeper, in uh, the postman, everyone. There's great power in this, in it for you, once you remember the keys. This is so good. I love this. So good. And I love how you tied it into you know, connecting with Richard and then kind of bringing it into, you know, real life experiences, right? Because that's what it comes down to. It's like, how do we take all these different tools and ground them into this 3D reality that we live in, right? Because it's very easy for some of us that are maybe connected in many different ways spiritually um, to remind us that that's all wonderful, but we still have to live here. We still have to operate here. So how do we do that? How do we do that? And these are prime examples. Um, and I kind of want to come back to what you were sharing about, like when you met Richard and he was so different and thought and acted and experienced in such a different way, yet even though it was so different from your past, something kept pulling you and tugging you in that direction. So was this more of kind of a interesting combination of like the heart versus the mind? What was, what was it that helped you lean into saying, no, even though this feels really different, I'm not quite sure about it. I'm, I'm going to go in this direction. It was Clint Eastwood. Um, I know, it's not the answer you wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Clint Eastwood. I just felt like Clint Eastwood, he would see all the fluff going on around him, all the, and he held ground. He held space. This is his actor. Like, I don't know if this is how he is in real life. I would like to, my, you know, I would like to dream that he is because I, I used to love him. What was interesting is Dolores Cannon, my grandmother, who isn't Dolores Cannon but looks like her, her name is Jean. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jean. And my grandfather was Cliff. I never said this one. And um, so this is a big metaphor, Cliff, as well. 
uh, my grandfather, he was deaf and he looked like Clint Eastwood. And he'd get that like twinkle, you know, when you see in the films and they do the twinkle on the eye, he would twinkle. So if we were, so we would be at a big, they would always have this big spread, beautiful big spread. Every breakfast, lunch and dinner was, they would put a big spread. I love this, this big family thing. This is what probably attracted me to the big family. Um, so at, we were sitting at the table and his, he would turn his hearing down so he didn't have to listen to the gossip of the relatives. He just couldn't be bothered. He was so uh, mechanically minded. He, he built planes in the shed, in his shed. Uh, he built train motor engines and he built first cameras. And it's all in the museums, his works. He wow. had the, one of the first uh, film footages in Australia. So all those, all that footage is somewhere in these um, museums uh, locked up somewhere safe so no one can see it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he could build, he could build motorbikes, everything. It's very similar. It's funny. It's very similar to Richard. Richard can pull. Richard, when I met Richard, he could, um, cause he, used to ride with um, Harley Davidson's grandson because he's in New York and he's like a celebrity photographer. So he used to hang out with and he used to have these show Harley bikes because he, he was an Australian motocross champion before. So he was very interested in bikes and he'd have all these show bikes. He could pull the whole bike apart to the last screws and it, it's on the ground and then put it all together again. He's self-taught, by the way. And my grandfather was very similar. He would do very similar things. Anyway, um, this twinkle in their eye that they would get. So if we were at the table, my grandfather, he would turn his hearing aid down so he didn't have to listen to the gossip. And if I went to sneak extra um, ice cream or too much dessert, he would get his pocket knife out and flick it and put it on the table next to me and wink at me like, you know, like Clint Eastwood, like some sort of film where they put the knife in the table. Yeah, but he wouldn't put it in the table. He'd just put it there right next to me between him and and he'd look at me and I'd just nod at him and then he'd pick it up and put it back in and then he'd actually give me the extra that I wanted. But he wanted me to be respectful first. I always loved that. And there was no word said. It was just twinkling eyes. So I meet Richard and he has this twinkle in his eye. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I felt like it was a calling. It was like the sun was twinkling out their eye at me. And I just knew that this, I just knew that he was, for me, this twinkle connected. It was like communication. Uh, So what was funny is that I, I really, really honoured Richard for who he was so much that when I was on fashion shoots, um, they say, "Oh, so you're you're dating this very you're very you're like the odd couple, you two, you know, like Miss Innocent and you know Bad Boy Richard." And um, so I'd be on the shoots, and everyone was very curious because you know two different identities in the industry coming together. And um, so they were all curious, makeup artists, models, you know, the studio managers, the catering. Oh, they all know your life. 
and they would ask so many questions and I say, how did you two to get it? I said, you need to date your opposite. <laughs> so I told all these girls to date your opposite because you think you know what you should have in a boyfriend. You know, you're, you're making the right man for you. Go date your opposite, see what happens. And they go, really? And I go, yeah, go date who, who's completely the opposite and see if it works out. I had three girlfriends get married on, on this principle. It's <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. In like a short space of time too, and they're like, I knew it. I knew there was, I knew I had to do something different. And I was like, and they, and they come back on the next shoot and they go, yeah, we're getting engaged. And we're on, we're going to go here on this holiday. And I was like, really? I said, so what this thing, this is a thing. This thing works, right? Dating your opposite. So, so this twinkle in the eye, this calling, Richard, highest twinkles was every child was born. Our wedding day and the video called highlights on our website. And there was a video that I didn't produce it was um Alan Steinfeld and Mary Rodwell and they spoke about the family it was the first sort of um public appearance of the family not through me but through others and I saw the twinkle in his eye on that I was like wow what a journey this has been so it's all about a twinkle in the eye <laughs> okay okay well I'm, I'm okay with that <laughs> I but what's interesting is when we, because we do sun gazing, very similar energy sort of thing. So there's something about the eyes, our pupils coming together, like my pupils meeting these pupils today. And um, the, like you said, the keys, the codes sparkle between back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And uh, then you go away and they evolve in you. And um, it takes you to the next, it's the next phase or the next um, show or next game. So uh, look for twinkles. <laughs> I was just going to say, look for twinkles. Date <laughs> someone who's completely the opposite, the opposite. of you. <laughs> just give it. So, so a lot of the things we do, we actually have been practicing for 30 years. So we say, because we've actually had to, we don't, we didn't, uh, we weren't round spiritual people. So a lot of the terminology we made up or I made up so that I could sp explain it to the children and they were very small. So again, you know, like birth <laughs> and we'd have to explain things that were going on to a child. So we would give them playful terms. So look for the twinkle, <laughs> not tinkle. Tinkle's different. <laughs> Tinkles, tinkles about letting go. <laughs> Twinkle is about engaging. <laughs> so there's a big difference. There's a big W in there. <laughs> uh, so, um, what well, it's interesting because, um, through this playful way made us really allowing with all this. So we became it. It's it's not even second nature. It just is. It just is. It is. It is. There's just no other. You, you know, someone could tell me, "Oh, that's just coincidence," or "I saw that in a film." Or how can that be? There's no scientific. And I go, "Yeah, that's great. 
I don't care. I honestly could not. It doesn't matter because that's your version. This is my pupil's observation. And I know from the slit theory, which is a theory if you need one, I also know from the little bee who can fly, who they say shouldn't fly and can't fly. Scientifically, he can't fly, but he flies. That's me. <laughs> so you can say uh, all what Elsa talks about is not real, but for our experience here, it is. So it's uh, I, I'm okay with it. I understand that you're not all supposed to... Uh, Agree, because <laughs> you need the contrast, right? Absolutely. You just mentioned, did you say slit theory? Yeah. Tell us more about that. What is that? The slit theory is beautiful. Uh, the slit theory, uh, I learned through a, oh, I've forgotten what his title is. Um, most people know I really forget who is who. doesn't really matter, but I really have great respect for them. His name is Nassim. He's sort of uh, around the Greg Brayton type people. He's just been amazing for humanity. Anyway, he brought up the slip theory a lot for me. And it was like just for five minutes I just saw the slip theory. And the, the slip theory is they shoot, um, they actually video it, shooting light through a slit. And then it goes through and they record how it lands, the atoms or the light whatever, neurons, whatever they're called, land the map, right? And it always lands the same way until they get a second observer or a third observer. So as soon as there's more observers or different observers, uh, observers it goes through and it lands differently. How is this possible? So it's um, we did a small series that we've got still there's a few more episodes to come out called Power of Observation. So there's great power in the observation. So you see everything, so you witness it, and then once you've witnessed it, you collect all the keys from the slit theory that come out, the map for you, because it's different for each of pupils, <laughs> and you collect them as keys, and you put them on your little ring, and then you either put them on your pants or in your handbag and use them later on. Yeah. And this is, you use them as a tool from the powers, from the seeing that, seeing the observation. So you acknowledge, and then you acknowledge it. You collect it, is acknowledging it. And then you um, act on it when you need to. So this is the purpose of humans is you sense, you be in your senses. You see and then you act. One, one. The matrix, the two beings, the two doors inside you, it's uh, the two. It's the two. One, 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 one. It was never one, two, three, four, five. It was always the ones. This is where we are now. They knew we were coming. They knew the ones, the chosen ones, the gifted ones, the seeing ones, the hearing ones, the ones would resurface now. And it's the ones that join all together and create um, a DNA code, our, um, our evolution, our higher brain. It's the matrix. Just being 
now literally it's been at the end of this year spun new way <laughs> it's nice because um for many years they wouldn't let me see this new way coming they kept they had to let my human experience not see the new way to have a full experience and it was confusing because you know we're bringing eight children into this world and a lot of people were saying we've done an injustice not just hearing these words after you've had eight but eight pregnancies each mm. so i just want to say i feel really ripped off because uh i didn't know a lot about pregnancy and i got to 9 months and realized that pregnancy is actually 10 months and it was yeah it's 10 months not 9 and um had to wait a whole another month so i was not happy about that i just wanted to bring that up my voicing to the universe <laughs> and so i remember sitting at the kitchen table with a calculator and richard's going what are you doing because you've been on the calculator for an hour i said he said what are you doing and i said i'm just calculating this because it's all wrong and he goes what's wrong I said, "Do you, you know that this whole childbirth thing is ten months? But they always told us in the movies it's nine months." And he goes, "You have to just let it go." I go, "No, no, no! I just want to make sure because you know um, this could be over in a month." And he's going, <laughs> "Nice try. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe, but you're going to have to stay pregnant for the full term." <laughs> I go, "They've just added it on, though." <laughs> he's like. But I, you know, because I was in, impatient, right? Oh, <laughs> it's just funny. Um, so you know, going through all these pregnancies and these ten months. Imagine, you know, I'm going to a local uh, food outlet shop, and they see all the children, and um, they say to you something like, "Yeah, you, you've overcreated footprints on Earth. You're creating destruction on Earth." I'm like. Wow. You know what? You know what? You can keep your fish and chips. I don't want to eat your poisonous food. Yeah, but you've paid for it. I don't care. I'm not very nice. Like I'm going. I'll leave. Madam, madam, your food, your food. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I didn't say anything, but this is not nice. And we had this. We had this from a mayor. A, a mayor came out to our house because we were doing some developments at our house and the neighbor had complaints so the mayor turned up and he said the same thing to me i remember this day very clearly and he said the same thing he said you've created too many footprints on earth you are only supposed to create one or two and i looked at him and i went aren't you about numbers that's why i said to him he said he said back to me who are you What have you done to these neighbors? I said. He said I, and then I he I, I laughed. And uh, he said, "What have you done to these people? They really have got a, a vendetta against you." And I said, uh, "No, we haven't done anything. We're just being." And then he said, "You know, I'm sorry for what I said about the footprints. I shouldn't have said that." I said, "Yeah, well, you are the mayor, and it is about numbers." and um you can see that we love our children and we care for the land so he goes yeah but he actually apologized this is all in like a couple of minutes a mayor 
So he had a realization, just being in our space. It's so important, um, you know, where I'm going with this is that for many years we were shunned that we were doing the wrong thing. Why are you having so many babies in a world that's crumbling? And they, they kept me in that crumble, not seeing any part. And then, um, then we started having experiences in a different form. So we started having the ETs, other realms, and then I started, then I was ready to see the, the new ways coming through. And the the twinkle came back. Not the tinkle, not the letting go, the, tw- the, <laughs> the other one, the other two words. <laughs> you got to imagine because there's a lot of nappies in eight. I was going to say, it's a dance. Then, it's a dance between a twinkle and a tinkle. Like, it's just a dance. <laughs> it's a letting go or a beginning. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's a lot of times where we would just be at the the cashier register and the whole trolley is just was nappies mm. and cat food because we had so many cats all the time. And a lot of the, uh, we always laugh about this one. Um, I'm bringing a lot of real stories in because it, it makes it human. Yes. Um, so we'd be at the register and the young girl would be like, are you okay? Like this young girl's thinking I've got no money and we're feeding our children cat food. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like wanting to offer me money or something. I'm going, no, 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 it's seriously, it's <laughs> I'm doing the nappy cat food run and then Richard will come back <laughs> to the groceries. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I was just, so because they were really, because the children are uh, zero to ten. So. Wow. Yeah, people, people don't understand yeah, so you you understand one child or one puppy, and then you and then you add another one, and then you add another one, and then you add another one, and um, you become we became like lifeguards, literally. Just we were just protectors of the children. So just even getting out of the car, we had to be in our conscious state at every moment because if a child gets distracted, they run because. There's something, there's a ball on the ground over there across the other side of the road, you know. So <laughs> um, a lot of the time we were, we, we would literally do this to Richard and I would count who we had with us. For a decade we did this, counting <laughs> like this because he'd be over there and I'd be over here and we'd count. It's funny. Sometimes I'm sharing all these I love it so much, Elsa. That is so powerful. And you brought up some things that I've never heard you really talk about, which is, um, you know, people's reaction to you having that many children or Mm -hmm. saying things to you. And in some sense, there is the, you know, I'm sure you felt people either judging you or, you know, they don't even have to say anything. Their look would be enough, right? It wouldn't be a twinkle. It would be a different kind of look, but (laughs) to just experience that, right? And I don't recall exactly, but I felt like when you were with Richard, like I remember, I know that 1997 was a really big year for you, right? Because you met Richard and you're coming together. He was 
you know, he seemed like he was already kind of aware of a lot of things. You were aware of a lot of different things. So you both coming together and then exchanging those keys, codes and frequencies with each other. And, you know, were you, did you ever have that conversation to say, well, how many kids do you want? What are you thinking? Like, did you guys even have that kind of conversation? I had never held a baby. I didn't do any prenatal classes because I didn't want to wear anyone else's pregnancy. So I didn't do any. Um, our obstetrician, so our number one, Jem, uh, he's a key player in, um, it hadn't started yet in, in Australia. He was the first doctor that started um, tests, uh, like test tube babies where they, it was like he knew that this was the way the world, people wouldn't fall pregnant. So that was, so this was going to be one of his last um, obstetrician jobs and then he changed his business into um, uh, helping people fall pregnant through uh, intervention. Uh, and he, he said to me, so uh, do you, you need to go to this prenatal class? And I kind of frowned and he said, he was actually Indian. He said to me, uh, do you want something different? I can tell you want something different, don't you? But he sent me to a lady that massages your tummy. Just the most lovely lady. And uh, she would just massage my tummy with, and uh, she believed in similar things to us. You put on your body what you eat. So she would massage in olive oil with, you know, lavender or something. And she would talk to Gemma like I would. So I loved that too. And she was, she was great. She always said, but how do you feel? This was her whole way of life was how did you feel? And I really love this about her because she said it in her way. She, she, um, she's the one that said, she's the one that crumbled, um, the doctors a lot for me. She said, um, so, uh, do you have, are you going to go and do all the, uh, you know, in the arm for the baby? And I said, yeah, well, this is what you do, right? And she said, read this book. I read, uh, I think, five pages and I was crying. I kept saying to Richard, this, this is going back uh, 2001, I think. I said, so why are they doing this to us? Who are they? Why are they? And Richard said, you've been doing it all along, you, babe. It's not just now. Oh, it's just you're seeing it now. But they've been doing this all along. They've been doing it all my life. I just knew from a young age. See, you're only finding out now at, you know, 21 to 26, you know, like this is when you're finding out about it. He said, I've known it my whole life. I said, but it's, it's not what we were taught and it's not what we think. And um, I was angry, very, I was so angry. And then I realized... Um, Nothing can come from the anger. Something can only come from the understanding of it because then you have compassion. <laughs> Got a puppy barking. He, he barks at the oddest things. This Dalmatian puppy, he barks at frogs. Anything that lies down that should not be there, he barks at them. So if the cats are lying in a different spot, he will bark at the cat <laughs> because um, – he has a no standing policy. You must, you must continually be moving. <laughs> it's quite funny. He's like, you can't lie there. He's going to bark. 
He's like a gatekeeper, right? Elsa, some sort of gatekeeper. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because where we, where we got him, he, uh, where we, I haven't said this live either, but where we got Dingo from is from, um, close to the Gimpy pyramids where they got Tutankhamun's gold. Didn't know that, that either. Mary brought that one up. By the way, did you know that Tutankhamun's gold comes from Gimpy? It's like, really? Gimpy? I'm like, yeah, Gimpy. Gimpy. Just up, you know, an hour's drive that way, or two hours' drive that way, between Mary and I. And it's actually right in the center between Mary and I is the Gimpy Pyramid, which they're, you know, trying to put a highway through. They always do this with sacred time. This is how they confirm it for you that it's a sacred time. Yes. Let's put a highway or an airport. <laughs> they need an airport or a highway. <laughs> anyway, so um, where was I going? Did I lose? I, did I finish? I finished. I think I finished. I finished. <laughs> you were kind of sharing the experience about reading the book and you were so disturbed by it. And then you realized. The world that- crumbled, yeah. Yeah. And you realized that it wasn't about, you know, yes, you you had the awareness and you were like, wow, all of this is going on. But now what? Now that you know, now what? So um, so we'd be in our local area and um, the uh, in Australia, you have the grocery shop, then you might have a butcher and then you have the GP, general practitioner, the doctor. So this is where you go to the doctors here in Australia. I know everywhere in the world it's different, so I just thought I'd explain. So um, doing our grocery shop and we'd walk in and I would see a mother walking in with her newborn into the, the GP and the child would twinkle at me. Um. And sometimes I felt like it was their last twinkle. And um, uh, I said, should I stop that lady and tell her? And Richard says, no, you can't do that. But I know. I know. The baby knows. And uh, you can't do that. That was hard. Because, you know, let's see in the paths as well going to vets and things and uh yes it's hard knowing yeah sorry it is hard seeing the suffering and the pain that's unnecessary you just want to shake them don't have to do it that way but um you're not meant to do it that you're not you're not there to save people you're there just to shine. And if I go and interrupt their path, their orbit, they're going to be angry at me because I've delayed them or and then might not be ready. <laughs> so this is what um, a lot of the spiritual people we have found have been carrying for so long. You know, they've been going through this. And uh, it, that's a letting go in itself, you know. Sorry. <laughs> Magic tears. <laughs> Magic tears. Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm grateful that you're sharing this. It's very important. Yeah, because um a lot of us all have compassion 
and um, we can't actually help you. We're not here to save anyone, but we're definitely here to shine for you and us. We're shining really for us first, and we just ignite you. And uh, if our shine irritates you, then find out what the irritation is because the contrast is there for you to see as it was for me when this lady handed the book to me. It was contrast. that. So she gave her sharing. She didn't force it because I asked for it. She asked me what because I asked why. So it was like the the opening for her to give it to me, she gives me the information and do it with it what you wish, which is what Mary said to me as well, do with it what you wish, is um, it's unconditional. And this is a, this is, um, a, a tool that we use to uh, test situations. So if something feels like it has a condition to it, it's usually over there and we leave it alone. <laughs> let it spin itself out. If something's unconditional, it just like you said, the it just happens and it unfolds and it's it just keeps it keeps going. Like like you said in our pre-chat, it just keeps unfolding and it's easy and there'll be chaos, but it's kind of peaceful at the same time. So it's ease and grace, right? But you can't, you can't, and sometimes these, these people that you want to assist are very close family members too. Uh, but you're, they, you have, I'm not the young, the young are different, but they do have their own path and you have to allow their path. If you inter, if you try and stop their path, not only are you stopping their path, but you're taking yourself off your path. This is why you're not meant to help people. You're just meant to keep spinning you and they spin them, but they might spin off, <laughs> which is okay. It's okay. They need to go and tinkle. <laughs> and the ones that are twinkling, I'm loving this. This is going to be my thing for the week. The kids are going to go really, wow, this is just gross. Um, so you'll have the tinklers and the twinklers. <laughs> Yes, I love it. And you know, your background's twinkling. So I love that it's been part of this conversation. Uh, I'm, yeah. It's always interesting with, um, with interviews because we, V and I talked about this and, uh, interviews, we do have to, uh, have duty of care and be responsible for our spin. But I never know how it's going to unfold in the, the way it does because everything every person you meet has a different essence to them different flavor and uh you know i don't mean to cry <laughs> the kids are like you're not crying on live interviews are you and going yes <laughs> yes yes yeah at the end of the day we're human right yes and you know what else you sharing something that all of us can relate to, right? And I think there's also so much sensitivity towards everything, but especially towards like animals and, and babies, right? I feel like it's like all of us are ultra sensitive. So I love that you shared that emotion because someone else who's tuning in will have permission 
to cry and to allow that flow to happen for them because, you know, there are many times where we're not allowed to express what we truly believe because society deems it a certain way, right? Like we would have even heard from our parents or families like, oh, no, no, you got to be strong. Like, don't cry because that's a sign of weakness or don't do this because that's a sign of this. And, you know, for years, we've just internalized all of these things. And finally, now, as we're going through our journeys and learning to step more and more into our authentic being ourselves, like who we are embodying ourselves we don't care what someone else thinks about us crying. If I need to cry to share my expression, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to worry about that person over there. And guess what? In my crying, someone else might receive that key that it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have all the emotions. That is what we came to experience here. It's so true. Like it, it is. It's so true. And uh, you're here to to feel. This is what you're here to do. We've just been told not to. Why? Yeah, this is a good one. This is a really good uh, practice. If you are in this, you're finding all this out for the first time. The, the why, the why is very, it's a big rabbit hole. It really is. And um, you think you have a handle on the rabbit hole and then you get another rabbit hole. It's in these rabbit holes that we find the peace. But when you first go down the first time, the rabbit hole, um, the t- you'll see people go down tunnels. It's the, you're going, you're going down. The, it's not the rabbit hole. You're going down your esophagus. Alice in Wonderland going down your esophagus, it looks like that. You hear it in many stories in Hollywood films. You'll see them go down uh, the movie Labyrinth. They go down and they're helping hands all the way down. So you go down your esophagus. <laughs> My stomach just made a funny noise when I said that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, so it's like it's talking. It's going, yes, yes, she's talking about us. Um, so you're coming down the esophagus, going down all the way back to your place of entry which is the placebo, which is your belly button, where the spleen is, your place of entry, where your beliefs are. Takes you back down to here, which we believe is heaven, the true heaven, and takes you back down there to start you again. It's like a restart. Okay, you've had all that. Now I'll take you, I'll take you back to where you first came here in this body where you first started as the seed and you actually come here with everything in you. That's all great, that distraction. You're meant to have all that. But now take all that and mix it back with all the true information that you came with, your soul, your soul. And so so you turn your brain off for a bit, collect your soul a bit, and then add that. And then you, and you keep doing this daily each time as you rise and you keep building on it and you practice each day. You practice, you practice while you're doing the dishes, while you're walking, while you're getting dressed, while you're brushing your hair. You practice all day long. You don't just do it while you're meditating. You just practice, practice, practice and make it 
so that it is in every breath. And then the gifts are just uh, spinning without any delays. Because what happens is a spin and then it gets stuck because your doubt and fear comes in. And it gets stuck and the doubt and fear gets in. So your path gets slowed down. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? The great, the ring, the cycle, the eternal spin. So um, this is this is what we sort of encourage you to do is practice because a lot of um, people say you have to do it when you do this or you have to do it on this spiritual day or this or this. And, yes, those are heightened days, but you should be doing it daily. There's The holy days should be really every day. And this is a, a phase we're coming into. It's uh, part of the Ten Commandments is that the holy days are the, the halo days, the whole the halo, the light days, and they, the, the holy days was taking care of the young, the sick, and the elderly. That was what holy days were. And you go, oh, I don't want to look after someone sick or I don't want to look after kids. Honestly, when you look after people in these, in these stages, the sick, the elderly, and the young, let me tell you, they're super connected. They've, they have um, gateways and spirits and guides around them because they're in that phase, those three phases. I think uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I, I'm bringing this up because I know right now everyone's quite ill around the world from um, all the plasma energy coming to earth and the solar flares mixed in with whatever else they're uh, manipulating in the skies. So it's all mixed up and it's all coming in on us at the moment <laughs> and we're feeling overwhelmed. A lot of people are ill. My whole family right now is ill. They're asleep. <laughs> Two days. Gidget's, Gidget's okay, but the rest are not. And um, I'm okay, but I got burnt. I'm well, quite burnt at the moment. Um, a, a few other animals are quite burnt. Um, and Gidget's calling on the zombies she keeps going and poking them to see they're not dead. And she said a couple of them have woken up and walked to the kitchen to get a drink. And she goes, look, there's one now, like a zombie. <laughs> I go, Gidget, you can't make fun of them when they're sick. And she goes, look at them. They look like zombies. And they're in a trance walking to the kitchen and back. I said to Gidget, I said, you know, don't laugh because we might still get it. So, you know, be kind. And she goes, no, they're zombies. And she's watch. I'll walk past them, and they won't even say anything. <laughs> so it's been quite entertaining for Gidget. Um, it's not like our family to all be taken out too. So I'm just letting you know. It's a. It's a. We had a, like a hundred. The Geminides and the Ursids go past. So um, everyone around the world's getting affected, you know, by all this. And Doctor Joe Dispenza, I heard him say one of his favorite times was to get into a fever because he would have, he was so excited when he got sick and had a fever because he would channel the most. See, people don't think of this when they're sick, but it's, what it's doing is, uh, this is how I described it to Gidget. I said, all this uh, plasma intelligence is raining on us, making us royal, lifting us up shuts down the body and says, we're going to give you a holiday from yourself. You go lie down. 
go horizontal, plank, <laughs> level playing field. So all your eye on the level, like the horizon. We'll lie you down for a little while and we're going to upgrade you. And uh, you can fight it if you want. That's fine. <laughs> you can fight it. Uh, and uh, I, one of the kids is fighting it. They're really grumpy. And Gidget goes, that's a grumpy zombie. I go, Gidget, don't. She's not going to, don't say grumpy zombie to her because she's not going to react well. <laughs> so you can say it to me, but do not say it to her, not when she's in that mode. Um, but, yeah, so you, so you can fight it if you want, but there's, they're going to lie down at some point. Point. Anyways, you lie down, and then for for two days now, they're they're being upgraded, and um, yeah, you just allow it, and uh, you come out of it, whatever symptoms you have, you come out of it, and uh, things will be different. So whether you liked it or not, it's going to upgrade you. It is. You, how are you going to stop that? I, you know, like you can walk around with an umbrella, but it just the wind sort of can get you as well. <laughs> I love that, Elsa, so much. And I love the spin that you put on this because I think it's so powerful because I too uh, have heard of a lot of people. And this is the season where a lot of people, in quotes, get sick. Um, so... I love what you shared because it's almost like you're getting this beautiful gift if you choose to look at that way where you get to rest and you get to get upgraded and it's your choice how you perceive it. You can fight it and be like, no, I'm going to get up and do 50 million things or say, wow, hey, it's the holidays. Let me receive and just allow and allow the things to integrate. I promised you if you allow you will probably also recover much faster than if you choose to resist and fight. <laughs> well, see now, you're, this is a very clever. I don't know. Have, have we been talking for six hours now? I don't know where we're up to. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll bring it up. If you want to cut it out, you can. So this topic you just said is, is a big topic because this is metaphysical healing. And so... Yesterday I had another interview and my lip swelled up like a, it felt like a golf ball. Like because of the burning, it's just burning. The horses the same. Now look like one of my horses. And um, I was like, really? So you want, you think I'm going to go on with a golf ball for a lip? I'm not because this will scare people. You can't, I can't present and scare others because um, if they're only just coming into all this information, uh, I, I have to present, uh, I have to walk, be able to walk my walk, right? So if, I, if I'm coming on ill, <laughs> this is going to send the wrong message if, you know, not to someone like yourself, but to others, right, at different ascension levels or or awakened or lightened moments i'm i'm not kidding you I've, i i'm denied i'm just i'm a gemini so i'm i'm going should i should i should i should i should i cancel should i cancel i kept saying to the kids should i cancel and they're saying no mom you look fine this i i said it's they said are you worried how you look and i said no i'm worried how it will be perceived 
and I, so they said it's not a vanity thing. And I said, well, I'm sure it probably is that as well. But um, if people see me and I look like I've got black plague or something, they're go- I'm not going to, uh, it's going to send the wrong message. So I went and, you know, laid in the sun for a little bit, um, not full sun, but just out in the outside. And I said, you guys have got to help me up there because uh, if you want me to do this week, which you, you know, has been set for a long time, uh, I'm going to need a, I'm going to need some backup here. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> Cause you know, what's funny is my computer has shut down this week as well in the Mercury retrograde. And I said to Richard, I, I need some backup here. And, um, uh, Anyway, so I'm I'm laughing at this term. Anyway, so <laughs> I kind of need some backup. So I'm talking up to trees and, you know, flying ants and bees and stuff. And I'm saying, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I need backup here because I can't go on with the golf ball. And I kid you not, it's, I came out of that and it had gone. So this is meta. This is the reason I'm bringing this up. This is metaphysical healing, which is what you said. So once you get out the way of yourself and <laughs> so you have the twinkle, <laughs> no, the, no, it's the tinkle, then you get the twinkle. And so then I go on. And this, so this is metaphysical fe- healing. So people um, want this whole big scientific point of view of it, but I'm giving it in a childlike way now with you because I can and you allow me to. And uh, it's um, it doesn't have to be all that. It's just as simple as what you said. You just allow it, and the healing process is a lot faster. So if you've been told, told, literally told, witch doctored, you've got a terminal illness, which Joe Dispenser had as well. I've had. I'm sure many of you have had. They say you've. <laughs> You've only got a few months to live. Okay. Well, do you want to wear that, that role, or do you want to let it sit with it, allow it, and sit with the pain and see if you can just heal yourself? You might heal yourself in one meditation. They heal people around the world with humming in one session. They heal with herbs. There's many ways you can heal. They heal with just the sunshine. This is metaphysical healing. This breaks down the matrix, spins it the other way. Ooh, I love that we talked about this. This is so powerful because... Big topics, right? Big topics. No, but this is so amazing because it truly is. And I think the, the greatest thing for us is the belief. What we believe is possible. Because you could tell that same thing that you just said to someone, if they believe that, nope, I, this is it. I, I'm not going to make it through. Every part of you is listening. And so that is the message. And your body's going to respond to say, oh, okay, you don't really want to heal. You would like to just experience this. So you continue experience where someone else might be like, oh, wait, that's an option that I could heal myself and try a bunch of different things and try to understand why I might be experiencing this, like a whole different way of perceiving and awareness. And your body sees, and then it's going to work with you. And 
you know, like we were talking about so many things today, Elsa, we don't have to do this alone. We each, if we tune in when we're in our journeys, knowing that we're always supported and guided and loved, even if it's not by something physical that you can see, ask for help. Like Elsa said, she's like, I need backup. I need backup. I don't know who's going to do it, where it's coming from, but I'm open. I need help. Like you have to ask. You have to ask. And look what happened. I mean, she literally described something that would have prevented her from X, Y, and Z. And it's like, it was gone by the time she came home. So I think it's important for us to share this because it's important for people to know that so much is possible, but you have to be open. You have to allow and believe that it's possible. So uh, one thing the kids tease me for is um, I... <laughs> So like I talk to animals and insects and stuff and trees and crystals and I, I'll be walking along and I go, oh, look, look at the, the being and the leaves on the ground. And I'll see beings and I take so many photos on the kids are like, leave the beings alone. It's so funny because it's our you know family joke. Leave the beings alone. And uh, belief is be leaf. This is the origins of this word, be leaf, be light, be, be grow, be, just be. Whether you're a leaf on the ground or a leaf in decomposure, like doesn't matter what your journey is of the leaf, be leaf. And um, it's important. It's been switched off and now you're turning it back on again. And even if you don't want to turn it back on again, um, I've got some good news for all the so-called, you know, spiritual light workers. It's happening. <laughs> it's like, even if they don't want to turn the light on, um, it will. It, there's, we had, uh, messages from Jem, our first child, Gemma. Uh, she had a, she, her dreams are like, usually like a prophecy. She has, and uh, her, her, and they can be quite many years ahead. And she, she got the dream uh, till the last man standing. So it was, uh, you could read the dream either way. The dreams are never that perfectly clear, but you just feel which side of the pendulum you want. And to the last man standing means they're all com- coming with us. It's just there'll be some uh we call them dragging the ions with them. Yeah. So it, it'll, it will taper to the last man standing. So we evolve, all evolve together. So it's a, that's a good dream. Oh my goodness. I love, love, love that. I have always believed that. And you probably have heard this in our, a lot of the spiritual communities, you know, about, separation. Oh, we're going to go to 5D and others are going to be here and this and that and whatever. And I guess in my heart, I've always felt that we're all going to be doing this together. And that is what feels good to me. That might not be everybody's reality, but that's what feels good to me is like, let's all do it together. Let's hold out our hands to others and allow people that option to join you know, 
And I think there are a lot of us who have been very alone in this journey, and now we're getting a chance to connect, to collaborate, to co-create with each other. And that's just more togetherness, more connectedness, and more of us being able to raise each other, elevate each other together. Well, it's the, you just made me realize, um, so this is what happens. It's, this is real in, you know, with V. It's happening as she's speaking. So I hear V's words and then she's like, it's like, <laughs> uh, so, um, the shape that I see is last man standing is like a, a sperm or a teardrop or one half of the hourglass. Or, or the eight, right? Or it's like a V, which is funny because this is elevate. So um, you have one side of the tear. Now we're seeing the other side of the teardrop. So um, one raindrop raises the sea, but now the the raindrop shape is sh- changing the other way. So you'll have it, it goes to a point, gets the volume, the hive. We call it the hive, mass conscious. So um, you have the point of the tear where, it f- and then the like this, and then you're now we're flipping it around the other way until the last man standing. I've never thought of it like this. This is um this is a good way. This makes me even it's more confirmed now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry if that confused anyone, but it, it does. It just makes sense of the hourglass and the eight and the V. Yeah. I love that. It's beautiful, Elsa. And just to throw in, 2024 is an eight year, which is the infinity sign. So all of this is going to make even more sense as we're like moving forward. Um, But, oh my goodness, this has been such an amazing conversation and very different than what I thought we were going to be talking about. But that's what I love about this podcast is we start somewhere and we just let it flow. And it's been such a beautiful conversation. And I personally felt that there were so many nuggets, even for me. So I know for all of my beautiful audience that's tuning in, there's lots of good stuff in this episode. And I hope that all of you will take the time to check out Elsa and her beautiful family. There's so much more to Elsa. We have just scratched the surface today, but it's exactly what we needed to talk about and co-create today. But all of her information will be in the bio section everywhere that this gets posted. So please look her up, connect with her. She's got some incredible information out there. She and her entire family are so gifted. And I truly believe that what they are doing together is really going to offer so much uh, to a lot of us as we move forward into the next year and the upcoming years. So thank you, Elsa, so much for this beautiful co-creation. I've just enjoyed every part of it. And thank you for just being you and being authentic and sharing your personal stories and just kind of integrating so many different concepts and things together. It's been beautiful. Thank you, Faye. Thank you for being you and and sharing the keys and yeah. Thank you for our pre-chat as well. Like lots of fun. Um, lots of fun. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this live. We should do a pre-chat with more as maybe a Zoom group or something because that would be fun too. Yes, absolutely. I love it. 
like maybe like a little um get together because yeah it's this has been a lot of fun and it would be nice to share our pre-chats with you know the ones that want to hear the pre-chat not rather than the the whole interview so yes i love that idea i really do i love that idea and just so everyone knows um you know I will definitely plan to bring Elsa back in the new year. There's so much more that uh, I know uh, would be fabulous information for everyone to know and for us to co-create together. So I look forward to that as well. So thank you again, Elsa. And I can't wait to catch all my beautiful, beautiful people that tune in on the next episode. And happy holidays to everyone. And I look forward to catching everybody in the new year. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Elevate with V. I'm so grateful for your time and support. I hope that there were some valuable takeaways to map onto your own journey. If you haven't done so yet, please follow, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on Spotify, please follow and rate five stars there. Higher ratings and great reviews means more people can find and tune into this content. If we're not connected yet on Instagram, be sure to find me and say hello at Vanita underscore Santoshi. I would love to hear from you, especially when you're talking about your favorite takeaways from each episode. Thank you again for tuning in and I can't wait to catch you on the next episode.